Amina's House Podcast, episode 153. Welcome, Amina, say what? Garnett Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. Dexter Stuckey, a.k.a. Dexter One. You picked up fast on that. I'm, I'm proud of you, Pooh. <laughs> I, I, I really almost forgot. I was waiting for Shayna. Like, Shayna! <laughs> <laughs> so Shayna's living her best life on vacation. I'm hating. Listen, for showing sure. some thigh off. <laughs> I was like, damn, Shayna, you ain't have to show us all that thigh. Mm -hmm. Living her best life on that beach. I'm jealous. Virgin Islands. I don't understand where we still can go. Like, Dexter, you went where? St. Lucia. But that was during the initial one. I think, like, we're getting ready. It seems like we're in, like, a phase two now of lockdown. So she might not be able to get back. So let's just say that she can come in. (laughs) Right. They might be like, no, you can't come in. Because, Dex, I was telling somebody your story about how you got a COVID test a week before you went on vacation, and then you got there, and then they were like, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. You got a test. But but you know what's crazy, though? Like, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, before we went there, and I'm sure Shannon had to do the same thing, like, take, like, a test before they let you on the resort. But when you come back here to the United States, they don't do that. I mean, granted, like, I don't know if I would have been able to get a, a COVID test in St. Lucia, but like, <laughs> they don't make us do anything here. Like, we, the people just come back to the United States, and it's just like, whatever you caught over there, you bring it right back. <laughs> STDs, herpes, all of that. Just bring it, just it stay you. over there. <laughs> yeah, but, like, my friend made a good point. Like, where, where are your friends traveling to? I thought everything was closed to the United States. Uh, at this point, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, so, Pooh, how was your week? Oh, my week, man. It was all right. Um, it's been a little rough. Uh, I'm in real estate class. Um, so, like, that's... Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Did... um? Yep. Yes, she did. Did she inspire you? Yep, she did. She yes, she did. She really did. That was that was a really good uh, interview. I actually should reach out to her to let her know how much she actually inspired. I went and did my research. Um, I forget. I know. I forget her her name. Jamisa. Shout out to Jamisa. 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 It's uh Rosebuds Investments. Is is it something like that? Right. Yeah. Rosebuds Investments on Instagram. But um, yeah. I, I decided after that, you know, uh, conversation with her. Um, just to do my research on stuff, double check. And, you know, she was 100% correct about the things that she was relaying on the podcast. Uh, so, you know, I decided to just keep digging, asking more people stuff. And, you know, I ended up just deciding to, you know, go to class and see what's next. So I'm proud of you, Pooh. Look at thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I've changed your life. <laughs> you have. You have. You're very inspirational. Just with this little interview. <laughs> you have though. You have more more than that. More than that. More than that. So yeah, I mean, I you know, I was super scared of buying a home. Um, mm-hmm. and just because I, I didn't see that in my life growing up. I mean, my uncle had a home, but we always considered him like the rich uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the uncle that got the business and the home. And when you growing up, you're like, oh, that's the rich uncle. Yeah. He gave me a hundred dollars for Christmas. That's the rich uncle. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, no, my uncle was actually like, he was middle class. He was yeah. upper middle class. And this is how we should be living. That should, like, the mentality shouldn't be, oh, that's my rich uncle. And yeah, she, yeah. Like, we should all have businesses and properties. And we all should be able to give people $100 Christmas gifts, you know? Um, so I, I remember I was, because I grew up that way, mm-hmm. you know, my father had a house and 
Uh, my grandmother had a house, but that's in, you know, a different country. You know, I'm mm -hmm. talking about what I saw here. Um, I was scared to buy a house because I didn't, you know, my mother, my father had a house, but in a different country, owning a house in Peru and Puerto Rico is very different than owning a house <laughs> in the United States. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I just grew up really just having a fear of it and I don't understand why, like, mm -hmm. Once I finally did it and I just kind of plunged in, I was like, this is not hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, we make up these barriers in our minds. Like I got to right. save $50,000. Now, do you, would it be easier to buy the house if you save $50,000? Absolutely. It would make your payment lower, but you can buy it with less. Mm -hmm. You just understand what you're getting yourself into and just understand that you need to be financially stable. But either way, like, think about it. You got to pay rent your whole life. Like, if you ain't paying rent, you homeless. Right. You so it's like, right. So why not just pay into your own home? Eventually, yeah. Eventually, that should be the goal is to own something. So. But even, she even inspired me. Like, I've been wanting to buy an investment property. Like, the two mm -hmm. homes that I have now are, are home, you know, um, personal homes. Yeah. yeah. I don't make money off of them. My mom lives in one and I live in this one, the other one. But, um. In general, you know, um, I want an investment property and I'm over here thinking, I again, I have to save thousands and thousands of dollars to buy my investment yeah. property. I'm going to have to, you know, renovate it and, you know, put money into it and pay a realtor to get tenants in. And she was like, you can buy anything, like just yeah. do it. And, and you can do it. I think, I think a big part of everything outside of just, you know, the knowledge of it is network. If your network is pretty good, you can tap into a lot of things because you really don't know how much, like, how how many resources you have from other people. Like, you don't know, you know, Dex may be into something else or his cousin may be a contractor. So now, you know, now I can talk to Dex. He can set something up. So it's all it's all about the network, too. Everybody's cousin's a contractor. <laughs> you know how many rappers I know that their real job is construction? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like hella rappers. And they be having stacks and you think they making money off a of rap, but no, like their yeah. their main job yeah. is construction. <laughs> yeah, getting get, get some money. Right. Uh, so let's get to into what's in our feed because uh, a lot is going on in the feed. Uh, I want to start off with uh, Meek Mill. Uh, just because we're all in the, you know, Philly, South Jersey area on this podcast. So Meek Mill, you know, he's been on something different lately. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it has, it hasn't been the same. I mean, even his last song with Justin Timberlake, you know, it's a little bit more uplifting. It's different. Yeah. You know, it's not typically what he's done, which he's still doing that. But I feel like there's another side of him that we're mm -hmm. seeing most recently, especially since Jay-Z helped him with his prison situation and his record and, you know, the, the reform thing. I think being around these different kind of people has maybe, uh, you know, influenced him in a positive way. Yeah. So he thought that, you know, I, I thought it was a great message for him to send out to say that people need to stop the violence in Philly and that he has a record deal for people in Philly that are popping, you know, um, and they're serious about their craft and he says but uh, the people that he's looking at they all got beasts with someone else and there's a lot of street stuff going on and as a businessman it's hard to invest in someone someone that is going to be in and out of jail yeah, you know sure. 
Um, I know I, I, spec, I speak to plenty of label heads who, who have acts, 42 Doug, one of them, um, you know, these young guys with a lot of talent and they're caught up in their life. So they're in and out of jail and it kind of halts their progress a little bit. And you hope that they go to jail, they come out, they're only doing maybe a couple of months, but God forbid they go in and they do a year or two or three. There could be a whole career. Look at Bobby Shmurda, you know? Um, so it's a real thing for business people in the music industry to want someone to not be someone that's caught up in these street situations. We're seeing so many rappers dying right now. I mean, it's ridiculous how many people are being shot, how many young rappers are being killed. So I don't think it was outlandish for him to say, Hey, I have this deal for anybody who wants to put aside all the beefs, you know, um, just put it, put it to rest. And leave that, leave that alone and come get this deal. But then the barrage of Philly people who attacked him, that was like, how dare you say that? Yeah. You from here, uh, now you're, you're banned. Look, look at the music that you're making. Why would you talk about other people? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I do agree with you that I think Meek's heart was in the right place. I think you... Meek, you know, in LA or wherever he lives now, he turns on the TV or or, <laughs> or sees his Twitter feed and he sees like, you know, like Philadelphia is it's bad out here. I remember a couple of years ago me being upset with me because he called Philadelphia the new Iraq. I remember just thinking of like how idiotic that sounded to say that our to compare like the city of Philadelphia to a war zone. Yeah, the wars on in Iraq. I just thought that was so crazy for him to do that. But then I also realized, like, that's not my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand the streets. I'm not from the streets. I've never been, like, a street guy or whatever. So I don't get it. And, like, with me and having my limited knowledge of the street, seeing Meek's message, my initial thought was, yes, like, this is a good idea. Like, stop doing this, this violent stuff and, and, like, get your record deal. Like, come on. Like, let's do this. But then on the flip side of that, I think about that as someone who like would be growing up in that situation and stuff like that. And like a lot of these guys who are in these beefs are they're they're there because like someone killed their brother, their cousin or something like that. So it's not like, like it's like the the beef isn't because like you looked at me the wrong way or you're selling drugs on my corner or whatever. The beef is because you killed my brother. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be hard for me to put that just to do a record deal and I think Meek knows better like he knows why these people are beefing I think that's why people were so pissed at him so like I get it on both sides but I just don't think it'll be easy for me to just be like hey I'm gonna put this to the side so I can go to Hollywood and do a record deal because yeah it's kind of like selling out I feel like some people might be getting that, that vibe and, and then if you think about it, like there are people who have gone to war over somebody else. You know what I mean? Like you killed somebody. So th- this team is going to come after you now. Could you imagine if you're like, OK, well, yeah, you did kill the big homie, but we got an opportunity right here. So we're not going to go after you no more. Let's just shake hands and we can be cool with each other. Like we can sit at the Grammys together. Like that's impossible. It's not going to happen. I, I mean, I, I I definitely agree with y'all as far as uh, him having you know his heart in the right place when he said this message, um, going back to what Mina said, he has grown a lot, I feel like. And I feel like he's also grown to a point where he isn't as close to the streets as he once was. Yeah. And I think that's a very good thing. And that's why he's able to look at this in a certain manner and say, hey, listen, like, you know, y'all can just drop what y'all are doing and I can help y'all out. 
you know, to me, it kind of seemed like, you know, that was like his like last straw to try to stop something, whatever it is, you know, if it's the violence, try to save lives, that's his, that's his last straw. What I will say is in their defense, maybe the other rappers, um, you know, these guys know more than what we do. You know, I'm pretty sure they have a relationship, whether it be distant or, you know, mutual friends that talk to even have Meek know some of this information. So my thing is, you know, maybe his approach should be different as far as maybe not tweeting that. If you know these guys is in trouble, how about you have that conversation with them guys in person instead of maybe on Twitter and maybe you don't get the, you know, the backlash that you do. But once again, he's not around to do it. He 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 has reached another level where his life just it, it just isn't Philadelphia, you know. So um, maybe maybe it was the messenger. Who knows? You know he he has a you know repeated you know offense of saying things uh, <laughs> outlandish on Twitter. You know using yeah. his phone. You know that that, that gets him in Twitter trouble fingers, a lot. So yeah. thank you so much. Exactly. So so you know to have him uh, you know. I'm pretty sure a lot of people look at him like you can't be the voice of reason out of all people, maybe not you, but what he said. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that should be done and it can be done going to what you said too, Dex. I, I know it's hard, but it is a decision where you can put that gun down. You can swallow your pride. You can try to come to terms of what this is if you want to really change your life. And I think that's what that message was. Well, I think it I think bigger than all of that is the fact that people are dying seriously. And um, how do we put that to an end? You know, like mm-hmm. that's really what it really comes down to, you know, and I I I just I would love to speak to someone like Louis V. Gutter to kind of who's been on the pod before mm-hmm. to kind of get his thoughts on that because he's a street guy and like as a street guy that's not in that beef, would you appreciate that mm-hmm. you know from another guy that's obviously from the streets but not in it right now yeah um you know i i saw a lot of people like saying well look at the music that you make i mean I, the, the music that he makes does that mean he can't grow i mean i don't right I, I think he makes that music like that because that's what he knows like he's telling his own story so like yeah. he can't talk about something he, he doesn't know about he, he might not live that life right now but like he knows it so that's why he makes that type of music Right, right. I would just be interesting to hear the other perspective is really what I, I, because I was, I was more so really like, I think his motives were, were in, his heart was in the right place, but I think he has this thing on him now where every time he opens his mouth on Twitter, people are like, ah, sit down <laughs> on every side i think when garnett said that like it really like struck like like damn that's true it's the messenger because like yeah. meek, meek really could say wear a mask and people would be like shut the hell up <laughs> <laughs> but how do we get to this place is it like he, crazy really like like twitter has hurt him that much yeah yeah yeah, it's a, it's he's built up a pattern of things we can go to. I'm pretty sure we could pick a timeline and yeah. it can map out to probably the time and day when he's going to say something that people don't like. <laughs> right. right. I just thought it was weird how people like you ain't even from north. Like <laughs> And they said he's from north south, which doesn't even exist. Yeah. Cuz you know he lives in South Philly for yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I was like, yo, y'all had a pocket like <laughs> uh, you know, people people always going attack the person you know that is in you know the head of the game in philly as far as that and he's not he's not there but right. I, also, I think what mina said really just like 
puts the nail in the coffin when she said like people actually are dying and at some point or another like it's like it's like a it's it's like a water like a water drain the the only way to stop it is to like put something in there to stop the water from draining and i genuinely think that this would have been something that does it if you guys come together and say look we're not gonna beef right now i think because right now if something happens to one of those guys there's guys that are next to them there's guys that are under them they're gonna now have to assume that position and now war and beef with these other people and it's going to continue to be that cycle over and over and over right drain and i think trying to stop that drain and like uh, y'all don't want to (laughs) well that was really more so how i was looking at it like Mm -hmm. and even just the people on social media who are attacking meek like guys he's saying he's giving people an opportunity and an incentive for them to stop murdering each other like i understand that it's very personal you know and obviously if someone takes a family member from you like you're gonna want to retaliate but again, at w- at what point does it stop? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's like you, it's an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye, and you, now you're blind. And it's like, it, it, like I just, what is, what is it gonna take? You yeah. know, and it, I, I just, I don't know what it's gonna take. I think Garnet, you had a really good point. You know, like maybe he goes down there and actually tries to physically mediate but well, is that yeah. even safe can no, I, can these guys say, be in the same room something. phone something you know phone call something maybe you know i mean you can't you can't save people if, if, if that's what they want to do and you know if that's you know the time that they're on outside and that's all you can do is extend the olive branch and that's what he did yeah. I, I mean from here it's kind of it's kind of messed up so it's like where does he even go from here as far as speaking positively about like uplifting community right where where does he go right and it's almost like i even saw some because he put as his location philadelphia like someone was like why would you even like you can't even say something you can't even say something about the killing in philly when you're like kind of promoting it by putting that but it's like at what point you know i read the news every day and it's like there's an outrageous amount of people dying every day. And I think we just become desensitized mm-hmm. to it. But these are people with names and families. And it's like, what, what, like, what is it going to take? Like, <laughs> me just offered people a record deal and people were still bad. Like, I just, I don't know. Well, like, I'm, I'm also, even, even, even with that. So the tweet. So let's say the guys tweet back. Okay. You know, we wave the white flag. What like what happens? Does he give all of them record deals, or does he just give one best, record deal? The best one. Uh, not everybody. He said, "I mean, this is a conversation, you know." And that's why I said I would really like to talk to Louis V. Gutta about this because when you're in the street, how hard is it for you to put the street behind you? And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the young rappers, they're rapping about street stuff. So it's like, how hard is it to leave the street behind you to actually start focusing on the business? Mm-hmm. You know, cause if you're coming in and out of jail or you're on the run from people, it's gonna get in the way of your business. You That's know, your life. You can't make, right. You can't make public appearances. If you just ran down on someone like, you know, it's like, I, I, I what's, what is it going to take? to for people to kind of leave that alone i i don't know it's a cycle i mean it's serious to them it's their family it's Mm -hmm. people they care about you know um moving on i wanted to talk about james harden 
mm. uh, leaving Houston. So apparently he wants out of Houston. Um, I, I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about because uh, there's some things going on in Houston. So I just saw my guy, Robert, Robert Covington, was just traded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just think there's a culture from what I'm reading. There's a culture with the organization because, you know, the um, the the main guy is the owner is a big Trump supporter. So I'm over here. Put, so Russell Westbrook has reportedly already requested a trade. You know, um, last year they lost their GM, you know, mm-hmm. their coach, uh, now James Harden, and all because of the owner's allegiance to Trump. He's donated millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit. You know, there's a conversation there about just playing a sport and you're literally wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the whole season was about you know, ju- you know, ra- racial justice and police reform. And then one of the owners is literally supporting someone that doesn't think that's something that needs to be handled. Yeah. Right. Like I wanted to talk about that contradiction. And then the bigger conversation of, would you leave a job because the head guy at the job or the owner supports a political party that you don't agree with? I think in James's situation, outside of just like sports, I think as a man, like I, I can respect that. Like I was right. reading that they offered him $50 million and he turned it down. He said, you know, I don't want to be in Houston. I like, get me out of Houston. We could, we could use him in Philadelphia too. Just putting right. it Right. Hello. <laughs> um, but like, for right him, there with that beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he on 69th Street. Nobody will say anything. <laughs> but for him to turn that down and say, "Look, look, I want to go over here." I mean, also he wants to. He wants a championship too. Like he wants to be on the team that's going to be able to get him to that level, which is respectable too. But to turn down that amount of money for whatever reason, like you know, like your personal goals and your professional goals, your morals and everything like that, like to me, that just speaks volumes about his character, right? About himself. I don't know how he is with like women and all that stuff like that. But as far as because I heard he dated Ashanti and I heard they had like a really bad like situation. But <laughs> you just hate him a little bit. You hate him a little no, bit. He knows all of Ashanti's <laughs> dating timeline, like everyone. <laughs> but as far as I'm doing that and saying like just especially after this last season, where like I was a little disappointed with the NBA when they started when they started the season, I'm like, oh, why would you guys play for these people? They don't respect y'all. Don't play for them. Then they played at the, in the bubble and they had the Black Lives Matter court and everything. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can get behind this. I can respect this. Then I forgot exactly what happened in the world, but like, something happened. And then the players were like, F this, we're not going to play tonight. And then they did like a boycott that lasted for a day. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, that was stupid. Like, so that was annoying when they uh, decided to go back, but like to see him stand firm on his beliefs and say like, I'm not going to play for you. I'm not going to do this. To me, that's very respectable because at the end of the day, this could turn into a Colin Kaepernick situation where he's blackballed from the NBA completely. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there is a chance it's not happening because New York is literally throwing the kitchen sink at the man, but still <laughs> he could have put himself in a position and boxed himself in where other owners are like, no, we're not going to work for him. So like, I think that's commendable. I want to say, just to kind of unpack that a little bit, I want to throw something into that because Sean Bell, who's a sportscaster in Philly, he's a friend. um, We were talking about the differences between football and basketball when it comes to how they support social justice movements. So I just want to kind of throw out there that football is a lot less supportive until recently 
Yeah. But at the time when Colin was doing his thing, there was absolutely no support for. I mean, and even now, there's still like their support is like iffy. Like it's like it's like, more than it was before. Right. But, but you won't see them put like Black Lives Matter. On I was picture. just going to say the NBA is a little bit more progressive in that way. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the commissioner who they're a little bit more supportive of it. So it's two different sports. And two different, you know, leadership. So I just want to kind of throw that out there, which is why I don't think James would ever be blackballed the way that Colin was, because I, I just think it's a different sport and they're, they're a little bit more progressive and a lot more of the players are black. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, just want to put that and out star, there. And star players at that. Are right. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I, I didn't even know that that was like a thing down in uh houston i'm you know i watch sports i'm just watching it for you know the transactions and uh, and everything like that so that that's definitely news to me what i will say about that is um you know it, it wouldn't wouldn't be the first and probably won't be the last that you know one of these owners you know rich powerful owners support you know somebody of their kind you know some somebody like that you know uh we had a incident a few years ago with the clippers owner Right. You know, so it's 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 a thing, you know, money, power, you know, old especially old money. You know, people people that's you know been wealthy in their position for a very long time. Um yeah, so I, I, I would definitely say, you know, that that's honorable if that's something that, you know, what was going on. But I did know that they basically were imploding. So I know that's another reason why he wants to get out of there, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Philly is a good place to come. Like Dex said, he can definitely bring those talents to Philly. <laughs> come on over. And, you know, our, our new yeah. basketball of operations, Daryl Morey, that, yep, you yep. know, they that friends. The heck out of come him. through, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he has that going for him. And then, uh, you know, like you said, new, uh, the deal with New York that they're trying to work out. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Just having those people in power that you know run these companies that you have to work for that ultimately if you want to say it that don't give a f about you that's what they're kind of showing no matter how much you know respect that they're trying to give you right but, um yeah that's i mean i i just think that he has leverage you know he's a great player a um he's a worth a lot of money and there's a lot of players that could use his talent so i think um, yeah, you know, when I first saw it, I thought it was very commendable um, for him to kind of take that stance. Like, I'm not going to work for people that don't support the, these these basic moral values that I have. When it comes to respect for other people, really, that's mm-hmm. really like the basis of this. Do you respect other people enough to believe that they don't deserve to be murdered just for a traffic stop? You know, like, or, you know, like, it, it's it's basic human respect. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he also has the leverage. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's commendable of him as a person, but he also is in a position of power where he can make those moves. Mm-hmm. I wanted to flip it. And, you know, I like to play devil's advocate and just really just apply it to like ourselves. When you don't have the leverage, are you going to work for somebody that, um, that doesn't support the same moral things that you support? Would you quit your job? You know, on even on a more minute level, because that's really what's happening here. I mean, there's a lot of basketball things going on as well. But the story that I read was that in general, there's a culture there where some people just don't want to be there because of his support of Donald Trump, the uh, the owner. 
Yeah. So like if but when you don't have when you're not James Harden and one of the best players on the planet and you have the leverage, you know, are you going to quit your job because your job, you know, because you're the, the owner of your company, you know, doesn't support what you support? I think for me, it really depends on what the exact support is. You know what I mean? If, if it's just that you support Donald Trump and like, I don't believe what he says is true so far for so on, then it's like, okay, like I don't have to agree with everything you do or you say to work with you. But if, but if I, if on the weekend you're at Klan rallies or you're doing the million mega March, I'm not working at this company. Actually, you can't work at this company. And if they're not going to let you go, then I won't be there. <laughs> They, they pulling out the tiki torches if, on the weekends. If, I, if my employer right now was there at like doing stuff like that, like I couldn't do it. If, if it's just that they're like, oh yeah, this person donated to Donald Trump, they're a fan of him. Like, okay, like, okay. That, like that's what you want to do with your money. I'm okay with that. Like that's your business. But if you're actually doing things that I think are not conducive to like the working environment or my life, I can't be around you. Because 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 all it takes is one day for us to be if the world is normal again. We at the office one night, late night, and I'm working late night. You working late night, and I'm walking behind your car, and you run me over because you don't care about me. So I can't do it. I got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let me give you a funny a funny example. So I was on the phone with one of my friends, and she, you know, um, so when they were counting the ballots. They were showing in Philly, uh, you know, how the Trump supporters were on one side and then like the Biden supporters were on the other side. And it was intense. There were parties. There was a dancing mailbox in Philly. They were making it a really big deal outside of the convention center as they were counting the votes. So I was on the phone with one of my friends and she was like, yo, that's so and so down at the rally on the Trump side. And, um, you know, I'm not going to put that person out on front street. Um, you know, but I, you know, I, I have a working relationship with this person and mm -hmm. this person is on the Trump side of the rally. And I, we didn't even know. So it's like, it's okay, it's okay to be at the rally normally. Like it's okay to voice your support, but if you put your shoes on to take your ass down to downtown to say, stop counting the votes, like you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> But like, do you stop working with these people? And I, this is this command is so divisive. Literally, like I, I have had fights with my friends that support him and family members, and I just can't wrap my fingers around it. But you know, I, I mean, would I quit my job just because my boss was a Trump supporter? I would not. Now, I agree with you, Dexter. If this guy's going to, you know. KKK rallies and he's part of the Proud Boys and you know if he's on the extreme side where he's hurting people you know and attacking people which we are seeing um happen you know I would go to HR and say y'all need to fire this person like this person is a danger to people of color what if he or she is just like how you know this I guess uh owner was doing where is do donating towards the fund where you know they're not going to the rallies or anything but you know putting money in that person's campaign you know funnel would that bother you as much i mean it it kind of would because i'm working for you you making money off of my work and you supporting that and listen i stopped buying goya products after the the dude from goya came out and you know he he besties with donald trump 
Yeah. I'm sorry, Goya. I'm. I listen. I went to Eberka or whatever the whatever the other you know brand is, Spanish brand is. Yeah. I stopped supporting. Like I can't. I can't be on board with that. But it hit different when it's your employer and they cut in the check. I mean, I, I agree. I think it for me, like there's one of my podcasts that I love listening to. I listen to it every week. When I was listening to it last week, one of the hosts on the podcast said that he did not vote. I immediately turned the podcast off and I don't know if I can go back to it because you don't stay like and it's a white guy, too. And I, I just feel like to say that you don't vote and it's in, in this specific election where someone is like literally like racist and saying racist things and doing racist things and promising like racist stuff for you not to vote. To me, it just shows you don't care. And like, so I'm like, I, I just can't support the show. Like, I'm not going to put money in your pocket right. if you're supporting something that I don't support. And at the same time, I watch wrestling every week and uh, Linda McMahon works in Donald Trump's administration. So it's just kind of like... <laughs> I just feel like we're in this world if we really analyze everything, we're, you know... I mean, is it really possible to just clear your life out of? Well, if you like, like, like with the Linda McMahon thing, because I actually went to her Twitter page to see what she was talking about with the election stuff. This is Vince McMahon, the owner of WWE. Yeah. She, she was tweeting, count all legal votes. And I said, oh, she, oh. <laughs> so what I did, I, went she- and I looked at old wrestling videos of her getting beat up and it made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up, man. I <laughs> mean, it's a it's a serious question, you know, and it really makes you evaluate literally like your whole life. You know, are we like James Harden and do we have the leverage? Yeah. You know, are we one of the best in our companies where we can go anywhere and be like, I'm not supporting you, you racist. You know, I, I've been in situations where I've been treated differently because I was Spanish. Mm. You know, um, and I know it. You know, you say a little slick. I, I'm are you just saying a little slick? I get it. I, I can read all up and through that boo. Yeah. Oh, it, it don't bother me, but I know that you have a bias in your head because I don't look like you. Yeah. So it's like, but again, you know, I'm not about to be like, right. I quit. Like, right. I, I got two mortgages to pay. So, it, you know, it's a tough question to ask, you know, and sometimes you like, if you know you in a situation where people are treating you like, you know, a little racist or whatever, or mm-hmm. you know they might have these tendencies. I, I look for another job like get up out of right but it gotta be on my terms I'm not gonna you know throw my job up in flames you know but be I just it I, you know I, I I feel passionate about my ideas and my beliefs and what I morally think but I gotta think about the paycheck too and I wish I listen I wish I was rich like James Harden so I, <laughs> I literally could do whatever I want but he was he was he was he was well if he would have accepted they offered him a uh two-year extension worth a hundred point three million dollars he was going to be the first NBA player to make uh 50 million dollars a year <laughs> I mean hello but you know? he got enough of it he he got I think he, uh, his contract with uh, Adidas is like over a hundred million dollars. His contract with the Rockers was just over a hundred million dollars. Wherever he goes next is going to be another hundred million dollar deal. So he's not worrying about that. Damn, Ashanti missed out. Missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I just got a million. <laughs> Damn, Ashanti. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, according to GQ, 
Megan Thee Stallion is rapper of the year. She's covering other uh, magazine. In the article, she's talking about being shot by Tory Lanez and how that really affected her. Um, she talks about her mom a little bit, her upbringing, and um, you know, kind of how she feels about what's going on in her life right now. Um, I thought that was an interesting thing for them to dub her rapper of the year because as 2020 is winding down, who is the rapper of the year? Who who had that that bang? Is it her? They didn't lie. It was her. If you think about it, Megan Thee Stallion, in one year, she has a song with Cardi B, mm -hmm. went number one. She has a song with Beyonce, which went number one. She has a song with Ashanti. No. She she does. She has a song with Ashanti. What? Oh, the baby song. Yeah. Okay. She, 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 like, and those are like heavyweights. You know what I mean? Like those people have well, she's the song with the baby, who's like a big time, a big deal. Like she she's she's Nikki, Beyonce, Cardi. Mm-hmm. And she covered Easy E song. Like she performed at the BET Awards. Like she won a BET award. And remember forever, like they will only go to Nicki Minaj. Then Cardi B snuck in there. Then Megan Thee Stallion is in there. And as a female rapper, let that sink in. She didn't support Donald Trump. So that takes out literally every male rapper that we that we like. She didn't support <laughs> Donald Trump. And the big thing about Mr. 50 Cent when he first came out was what? He was shot nine times. Oh. Megan shot as well she literally is every rapper that we've ever loved combined <laughs> together and she's rapper of the year she's absolutely like there's no other person that i would put even close to megan megan right now i and agree she, it's a, a wow yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say like who i guess who's really deserving you know of it i will say is uh yeah when somebody's playing at that like high of a level like she's just she's at a high level right now at the top of her game, just music wise, you know, going to what uh, Dex was saying, running down all of the, you know, hit records. These are hit records with all yeah. the people in there. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, the madness add into I wish that wasn't a part of it, because I think that's why it probably left some people sour that, you know, you got the BS wrapped around, you know, the politics of it. But um, that's street cred. I said that <laughs> but uh, I will say uh, I, I did think Little Baby had I, having that was going to be my point uh, 2020 so I mean I, I feel like he's deserving of it as well yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad if somebody gave it to him but um, yeah it's just love like mainstream wise she's just at another plateau you know that people just love so I get it and I think it's commendable that she did all this stuff that we're that we're talking about, even getting shot through during a quarantine period. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff happened. And I think that honestly, like anybody who's leveling up in the past six, six, seven months, like y'all deserve it. Like this is a like this has been hard for like so yeah. many people. And for you to one, provide entertainment for people and two, continue to hustle and 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 put yourself out there and do stuff while this stuff is going on. I that's huge to me. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's a good point, Dex. I literally was good. You literally hit all the points that I have written down here. When I mean, it comes what are you here? Yeah, like, <laughs> no, seriously. And then you did as well, Garnett. I think when I thought of rapper of the year, I think, you know, uh, definitely Lil Baby popped into my, uh, into my head, you know, um, and The Baby as well and Roddy Rich. But what? for some reason, I just think the bigger picture really was just such an anthem for the year. And I just feel like Lil Baby needs a lot more, um, he needs a lot more credit. He needs a lot more accolades, you know, um, 
I just, I, I think that that song was so important. And if I were thinking of anyone, you know, I, I, I did think Roddy Rich and, you know, and, um, and the baby, but the little baby really kind of leveled it up for me just because I think the bigger picture was such a monstrous song. And then for the first half of the year, he literally had more writing credits and features than any other artist, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, but when you compare little baby to Megan, I would say Megan, you know, just because of the context of what has happened in her life, you know, mm -hmm. like her mother passed away just last year from, from cancer you know, and then she sprung into the limelight and she literally managed to create a movement driving the boat early on in the year, you know, and even it trailed from last year. Yeah. And then it's even like, you know, the fact that she had the most powerful women in music, Beyonce, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, this is the Holy Trinity. You know, if she would have gotten Rihanna, I would have died. So it's like... How <laughs> come you can't add Ashanti in there? You could have just slid it in. Hey, Dex, Dex, <laughs> no. Come on, Dex. But, uh, yeah. but it's like, you know, like the fact that she was able to accomplish that yeah. and get shot. And even after the getting shot, she had a deal with Revlon and she had um, a, a Fashion Nova jeans. She covered That's time. It, she did SNL too. Right, SNL. Uh, you know, she even made a political statement about how women are just not protected mm -hmm. and uh, vi and victims are victimized. So yeah. there's so much layering to what has happened in her life in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. And she hasn't even dropped her first album. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, I was like, about, it's, I, it's, she just dropped a mixtape in March. Like, her album is literally coming out. It's... It's so, out tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that considering the facts, she's the rapper of the year. Yeah. It's hard to go against it, you know? Yeah, I'm wondering if she feels that way. Yeah, do you feel like you're the rapper of the year? Well, she's also undergone a lot of criticism, a lot of attacks. Um, she yeah. has to show her bullet wound. Like, how you got to show people your, your bullet wound for people to, to, like, you know, to be on board with you? I do um, want her to get past that situation, though. Like, I don't want, I, I want, I want that to be done. Like, I don't know what needs to happen, what he needs to do, what she needs to do. But I want that to be done though. Like I don't want to continue to talk about that anymore. After this album comes out, like you, like she has Cardi B and Beyonce featured on her album. Like I, I want us to move away from the bullet stuff. Yeah. Like she's talked about it. He's talked about it. I don't think we're ever going to get any resolve. I think I'm exhausted of hearing about it. I want to see her win, and and she's not winning with that stuff coming up every five minutes. I want that to be done. I need him to come clean. I just, I just think like he either I. The, I, I need a resolution. Like you just can't shoot a woman and then deny it and, and, and drag her name, her good, her God given name through the streets and call her a liar and if offer and, and offer to pay her to keep hush. And nothing happens. Like I just, I, I refuse to allow the world to just ignore this. So that's why I think the narrative is continuing because it's literally, there's no closure to this. Mm -hmm. There's no resolution. At all. All right. So that wraps up what's in our feed. Um, let's talk about uh, something that 
I, I was just, as you can see, my brain was just going off all week, like, ding, 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 with, you know, with topics and stuff. So Cardi B has this uh, this line with Reebok, because she, in, in the um, promotional image, she has what we, I'm sure you've recognized, it's her with all the different hands. She has about six hands, and, and you know, I've seen that as a, a Hindu goddess mm -hmm. um, kind of um, imagery. So she kind of took that a little bit. I've seen that in different contexts, just mm -hmm. like women balancing a lot of things. I've seen that on social media, mm -hmm. women with all the hands is just symbolic of balancing and how women are just naturally okay. We just balance more stuff than y'all do. Like it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, a fact right, like we be, oh, especially during this pandemic, like women are literally like cooking Right, teaching kids no, just you know problem. like they you know they work in and the man is just like oh i'm gonna lock myself in the room to work <laughs> <laughs> so um but when cardi b released this you know this image for reebok i saw some people be upset they're saying that she's appropriating a hindu goddess and you know they they were upset with her about that she immediately apologized and uh said you know i'm sorry I, I that wasn't my intent at all but i started to think what is the difference between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation I, like I did she really appropriate you know a, a hindu goddess by mimicking her in an ad how do you guys feel about that uh i just think before anything, probably just do your research. Like just before anything, just know what you're about to do before you do it. Because I mean, for something like that, like I think people, it's like, you know, you need permission. It's like, well, who the hell do I ask? You know, like who, who, who's, who's the ambassador, right? Exactly. Like who, who signs off on this? So if it's nobody that's delegating that, then it's it's all up to me is my opinion so if that's something that you do want to do moving forward you know if you want to appropriate different i appropriate everything <laughs> i always do it yeah like just i would say just do your research before anything i think that um she is in this photo guilty of cultural appropriation and i think a lot of the reason that she's guilty of it is, is just ignorance like she didn't know like she, she, she wasn't, she wasn't clued in on that. Like somebody probably came up with a concept. She was like, oh, that looks cool. Let me do it. And that's why she did it. I also think that's why she apologized. Cause it's like, oh, I didn't know, but clearly this is what's happening here. I think it goes to this thing and, and, and I'm a black man. So it's difficult for me to say like other people should be doing this, but I know I say it for us a lot. Like we, how many ads have you seen that like, you could tell there were no black people in the room when this was being put together. And I think that it shows with this Cardi B picture that there's no people who don't look like her or who look like, you know, Hindu or whatever. Like they're not in that room. Like they weren't discussed. You weren't discussing that with them. And I think that just shows that we need more diversity in these spaces and diversity isn't just black and white. It's black, it's white, it's Spanish, it's LGBTQIA+. Got it. I've been working on that and I got it. <laughs> it, it, it like we have to be more conscious about what filling these spaces up and what diversity is. And I think if you are more, people who are more diverse, like that stuff like that won't happen. Right. So she is guilty of cultural appropriation in that sense of it. But I also think that like I watch, <laughs> I watch wrestling a lot. 
And like one of the they do is that like they always do like different costumes and stuff like that. And there are certain people who play characters who that have nothing to do with them. And like that in a sense is appreciation. You know what I mean? Like because like you are actually playing that character, you know what you're doing, and you're playing like playing that character in a respectable manner. And I think maybe even consulting with other people who are of that descent or whatever. And I think that's that is appreciation when you know exactly what you're doing and, and you have and you're intentional about it versus just doing something and not know what the hell you're doing. And somebody calls you out on it and you can't explain what you were doing. Yeah. And oh. that's you know what? I want to kind of point out why people were offended. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know much about the, you know, I, I'm familiar with uh, this goddess. I've seen it before, but obviously, I don't know the context. I don't know the meaning. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the back, the backstory or anything like that. So, um, some person said on Twitter, you know, as a Hindu, I want to say that wearing a shoe in temple is prohibited. So obviously this whole thing is for Reebok. So I can see how, yeah, that's offensive. Um, uh, Durga Ma, which is the, the Hindu goddess's name, is not to be used as an aesthetic. Uh, Durga Ma is never depicted bare body. So the fact that she's kind of like, you know, she got a crop top or something on, mm -hmm. like she's showing the top. Um, this is not homage, this is disrespect. So to portray this goddess kind of, she's a little bit more provocative than uh, what the, you know, what the, what, how the goddess presents herself. And then even in that particular religion, you know, um, you can't wear shoes and this is a shoe, you know, to, to, to yeah. temple and this is a shoe, this is an ad for a shoe. <laughs> um, but that's why I wanted to have this very difficult conversation of what is the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? because what's the at that point is what's creative freedom then? Like, what are what are we doing if I just need to sign off on everything? And yeah, apparently, it's it's not going to be down to the team when they're I guess appropriating your culture because they're remixing it with the culture that's here as well. Like they didn't just try to take the whole thing. It's a reason why Cardi B wasn't covered up because it's Cardi B. Right. Like that's not that she wasn't trying to be this person. But that says everything just what about, you know, um, cover art, like how how many album covers we've seen of depicted certain things and Jesus, everything like just 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 everything. So, I mean, to I'm guessing you can pinpoint, but she's the biggest person in the world right now. Well, one of at least in the rap industry. So you're going to, you know, poke at her. But like you said, where do you draw the line? Because that's Reebok or that's whoever just being creative. And maybe they should do their research, like I, I said before, but at what point do you, I, I wear cowboy stuff some days. Like I wake up, I throw on my cowboy vest and cowboy hat and I go outside. Like, is that appropriate in the culture? Like what's, what's what is that? Well, I, it, does it change it? Cause she's making money off of it. I mean, that's, that's the next level. Cause that's that's really when I when I okay. when I was thinking about what is appropriating, right? Appropriating is when you take someone else's culture and present it as yours, and you make money off of it, right? And I would disagree with that only because I think blackface is cultural appropriation. Like when Julianne Huff dresses crazy eyes from um, Orange Is the New Black for Halloween, yeah. like, 
that was offensive to me. Like you're a white woman and you're putting you're putting makeup on your face to look black. Like I that's stupid. And like you, you I don't like that. I don't agree with that. And I don't think you should do that. And what Garnett was saying, I think you're putting on cowboy attire. I don't think that's appropriate. And I don't think you're trying to appropriate cowboy culture. You're not acting like them. So I, I don't think that's a problem. I am though. I am. I am. I am. I when when I wear that, like I, I can do voice howdy partner. Like when I wear that, it's <laughs> I am. I'm 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 doing that. I'm doing that. But why? I don't understand. Like why are you making this voice? That's just what I do. Howdy partner. And and the one thing that you said, like you guys, you mentioned album covers, and then you said like, where does creative freedom come in? So so if if Justin Bieber decides to do an album cover, and he decides to call this album the J album, right? And he decides to look at old um hip hop albums and decides to come across Nas's album, the N album, which was the N word, and he decides to take that picture with whips on his back in the shape of a J. Like I think that's offensive, and I don't think there's any type of like um creative freedom that goes into that. Like that that's completely offensive. Like you're mocking slavery, and it's it, I don't I think this creative freedom stuff like kind of goes out the window when it comes to disrespecting other people's culture or things that people have dealt with or go through or hold close to their heart. I was going to say, does it matter who does it? Because if it, if someone else did it that was that believed in it and was familiar with the Hindu goddess, like, does it matter who's doing it? I think so. Yeah. So even so even what if so, let's say, you know, I, hypothetically, let's go back to your story, Dex. Uh, if Justin Bieber did do that, right? And what if Justin Bieber did put his own remix on it, where it was the J album? Holding the whip, like I don't get that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying, what if, what if somebody in his family got whipped as well? Like, what if? I, I, I'm just saying, what if he spun it to appropriate his culture as well? If, where if, if he did that, he had to give me a round. I he mean, gotta... maybe, maybe, but I, I, <laughs> I just don't want anybody to just not not be able to take what they give you know so like if 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 we're going to be talking about blackface then let's be mad at dave Chappelle when he does whiteface it's funny as heck how was the cultural appropriation though like 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 how was the whiteface like how was that offensive I mean, and, I'm, no, and, but and for Halloween one year, I, I dressed up as like a dead unicorn and I text one of my white coworkers. I'm like, is this considered white face? And she said, what the hell is white face? This is a white woman who said to me, what the hell is white face? That is not a thing. Like that's like blackface is a thing only because of, well, you know, the history of blackface. Like, right. it's, like that's what that what was. That's what was used to, to mock us and stuff like that. That was never a thing with white face, and that's why they don't get it. And that stuff never happened back in the day with black people. I don't think black people but, care. But 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 here 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 we go again with this. So we have one person that you know she's literally doing it for a costume. That's it. That's it. Literally for the costume, just to get as close to the person she's trying to remake. Mm-hmm. As close as possible. Then you have another person that's doing the exact same thing. I don't see how like. I mean, you can be mad, but to what point? That's that's just all I'm saying. To what point that you can't be mad at Dave Chappelle at all or can't see if somebody else is like, yeah, that's kind of I wouldn't do that. Yeah, And that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because I feel like we live in a time where people are very sensitive and uh, it, it very there's a reason to be sensitive because there's a lot of things that have been appropriated, especially from mm-hmm. ba- black culture. 
you know, black culture is probably the most stolen from culture in the world when it comes to, you know, different things. I mean, hairstyles, everything like fashion. So it's like, it, you know, I, but I, I wanted to have this conversation because when I looked at it, I, I, I was like, I don't know if this is cultural appropriation, but then when someone that, you know, is familiar with, with the religion and, and that culture, when they explained it now, I'm like, okay, I understand why this is offensive, mm-hmm. you know, but is it a cultural appropriation? She, so it's offensive because she remixed something that's sacred to their culture, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you can say it's offensive to that culture, but does she appropriate the culture? Which, or did she fail in her attempt to pay homage to this goddess? I don't think so, she was trying to pay homage. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's the conversation. But in general, you can even like make it a bigger conversation of what belongs what to what culture. Like when I heard YG make the song that sounds like the mariachi Mexicans, you know, like, yeah, 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 I heard that song, right? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, this is Mexican people music, you know? And I'm like, is he culturally appropriating or is he influenced by this? Or, you know, is he being creative from something that he heard maybe when he was in Mexico and or in different music? Or, you know, when the Kardashians are wearing braids and Gwen Stefani are wearing braids, is that cultural appropriation? That I wanted to kind of kind of make it a bigger conversation so we can really outline what is appropriation and what is appreciation. Like I like your culture, I enjoy what you're doing. I think this is cool. I'm gonna adapt it because I think you know I appreciate your culture. I think overall, if you're not acknowledging the people of their culture, like you're, you're appropriate. And so like if Cardi B really wanted to pay homage to the Hindu um, religion, like she would have had maybe Hindu women with her doing the same thing. And then like, nobody could look at it then and be like, oh, you're appropriating their culture because they're in this thing with you. So they gave you the sign off. They gave you the approval. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, some people might be offensive because of overall like, what it is, but you've acknowledged them. And you, 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 me as a black woman, I'm Cardi B, me as a black woman, I can only go so far. Like I only know so much, but if I have these women here who are of the same culture and they're okay with this and they're agreeing with it, I don't think people could be mad at that. I'm acknowledging it. And and also like like uh, the issue with like the Kardashians and like, even not so much Gwen Stefani because she did acknowledge the Harajuku girls. Like she acknowledged who they were and what they were. But the Kardashians with the hair and the bodies and stuff like that, the issue I think people have with them is that like black women do and wear these same things and they get talked about for it. Like Beyonce is a perfect example of they've talked about Beyonce and she can't wear certain hairstyles. Now she could. But before she couldn't wear certain hairstyles because that's not looked at as cool. That's not good. That's ghetto to wear braids and all that kind of stuff like that. And then Kim Kardashian steps on the scene and she wears braids and GQ does a write up about it. Like like that right there is why people get upset about it, because you, you didn't wear those braids and acknowledge Beyonce. One time she wore those braids and acknowledged Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> also just one last thing i think black people especially in hip-hop we we got some work to do as far as cultural appropriation i'll never forget hearing the song a rap money well like buster rhymes all up like i mean come on like right that's what i'm saying it's happening on both sides like what what, we definitely do where we draw the line you know and where where where, are we overreacting Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I definitely do think that we are because even, you know, we look at Jay-Z, Rockefeller, you know, when they came out, it was more mob style stuff. They wasn't a part of the mob. 
but yet that's what they're having on the front cover of their albums with the hats and the jackets and a is that, but who do you ask permission for that? So that's the thing. It doesn't matter. They could have had two Italians next to them, but who's signing off on that? That doesn't mean anything when you speak of something like that. Like even something like Hinduism, right? Like that, who owns that? Who, who can you go to, to get the full stamp, no matter who you put in there? Like, who do you call? And like, why should you have to do that on the day that you show up to work? And you didn't, or Cardi B didn't orchestrate this. This was Reebok. Why right, but, is part like? But, but Reebok's not going to get tweeted though. Like nobody's tweeting Reebok saying, "Why did you do this?" They're tweeting right. Cardi B. So if I'm on Cardi B's team, I'm going to protect her. I'm going to make sure she's okay, even if she's not going to do it herself. Like I think, as a being a part of her team. I got to make sure my girl is cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think it's unnecessary. Like, it's un, un, like you should be celebrating the launch of this, this clothing brand, like, oh, this brand that you just put out. Like, that should be the focus right now. And she has to now do apologies and stuff like that because somebody else dropped the ball. Yes, like, she didn't know it and she could have, you know, done her own research and figured it out. But I do think, though, there's teams of people that are put in place that could have literally done anything. And y'all chose to do this. Well, didn't Rihanna just go through this as well with her fashion show? something that she did yeah I yeah it was right it was like the music or something was was offensive um they remixed a, a song um like a a cultural song or something like that but, but at the end of the day if people say to you look what you did was offensive i didn't like that like that was cultural appropriation you look into it you're like damn yes it was you apologize you move on from it I, right. I i get what you're saying Gardner. like i feel like we do tend to dwell on these things a little too much and i don't think we need to i think it is an honest mistake in a lot of these situations acknowledge it and move on even kim kardashian acknowledged that she was going to name her skim her her um, her um yeah body, the yeah. body stuff that she was doing she was going to name it uh, kimono or something. Yeah, yeah and like the, yeah. the people like, no, that's not cool. You can't do that. And she took it back and fixed it. And I, I think that's what you're supposed to do. If people are telling you like, oh, look, that's a little offensive what you just did to me just now, what you just said or what you're trying to put out there. Acknowledge it, move on from it. And I think the sensitivity like moves away when you do that. You can't be yeah. sensitive about something. I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to work with you. No, and 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 my thing is this too. So even with the Kardashians, with the braids, and it, it's like, how how can people be mad at them for going to go get braids and being and not being chastised for it? I don't think it's necessarily mad at them. I think it's more so like an issue. Or the powers that be. Yeah, I think it's more so like an issue in society that like, because when black people, black women specifically, when they talk about this, they don't say specifically, I'm just so pissed off at the Kardashians for doing X, Y, Z. They're mad about it in general, but the Kardashians are the face of it. So like when they talk about it, they're just the ones who get it because y'all are actually doing it. I just think in general, you know, um, we're living in a society where we we borrow from one another and we're influenced by one another, you know? And uh, there's like this need for people to hold on to, well, this is ours you know or we made this you know and and i just think in general um i think that people need to be very careful when they use the word cultural appropriation you know because it's it's it has such a it has such a heavy meaning that means you're literally taking someone's culture and stripping it from them and and profiting off of them without even any kind of regard for the people that created the culture 
you know, and we can we can go on and on and on about all the ins instances where this has happened, you know, back to Christopher Columbus, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just, you know, Thanksgiving, I mean, which is coming up, you know, or, or, you know, just there's so many different ways. But it's like if we keep attacking people for cultural appreciation, cultural pre pre appreciation, mm -hmm. we're creating a divide. Yeah, we are. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm scared to even be influenced by another culture or uh, pay homage to another culture um, because I might be attacked by the people of that culture. So it's like, I think that Dex, you made a great point. Like there does need to be more inclusion in these rooms so that you don't create things that are offensive to people. But I also think that these moments are teachable moments where we mm -hmm. can learn about other cultures. I'm sure a lot of people ne had never even seen this goddess. And because of Cardi B, she's kind of put it on a different level. And it, it you know, it kind of took like a negative um, route with the conversation, but we cannot really move to, forward as a society if we don't start sharing things. Yeah. You know, so, it, you know, just be careful when you're screaming cultural appropriation and just, uh, you know, learn how to draw the line when someone's really just influenced by your culture. Yeah. And don't do blackface. Yeah, I mean, listen, so I, how did you, I, I actually agree with that to a certain extent, right? Because I think Drake caught a lot of, uh, excuse me, a lot of uh, backlash for his blackface that uh, pushed hey, What were you going to say? Uh, I, I was about to say filthy. Um, <laughs> I thought you was about to drop the F-bomb. I was about hey, to say But didn't flow with the context. I'm like, so what was the word? Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, he, he put that out there and Drake, you know, everybody hated that you should never you should this you should that in that case you know i don't think people even took into account the context on why he was doing it why an actor with that though like i agree see this is why this conversation is so hard to have though because you but have it's good the, to have it's good yeah sometimes because you have the julianne huff stuff that like you're a white woman putting no blackface in 2013-14 like you know better at that point Drake's thing. She, Drake. she didn't think it was blackface. She's like, this is a costume. You know, like it literally, it sometimes is really that like mindless, you her know? Skin, her skin was darker than mine. You really, you <laughs> said that. Let's get out of here, <laughs> But the Drake thing, I think people literally at that point wanted to be upset with Drake. So that's why they did that. Because Drake runs around saying the N-word all the time and nobody says anything. Like, I think the Julianne Huff stuff really was like offensive Great to people. Point. Like, what are you doing? With the Drake, like y'all just wanted to be upset. Great point. Yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> I'm just so impressed that... Dex and you know Pooh were going back and forth because normally it's me and Dex and I'd be like damn our podcast is so combative sometimes <laughs> I don't mind because I revel in conversation like why is it always me oh, well, <laughs> you you have points that you stand on them yeah and that's you know that's that's a good thing it, yeah it, it creates the banter it creates right. good stuff it's good no, I, I, I love it. I think it's intellectual conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not talking about dumb stuff here. Exactly. Literally, our conversation is, what is the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation? Mm -hmm. How do you even distinguish that? I don't, I, I haven't heard anybody even having that conversation. Right, and, and, you know? and all in all, I think, you know, we're disagreeing on the, like, the, Minutia. exactly, and not the, we, we agree on everything, so.
Well, not everything, but on this. Yeah. I really don't have no issue with you wearing a cowboy boots and doing accents. Like, that's what you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I do it. I do it a lot. I mean, did Lil Nas X culture culturally uh, appropriate? You know, yeah, country music. I mean, I I just think that that word they, is very divisive. You know, they think and, so. Right, but what that's I'm saying is that's why they is, didn't want him on the country charts at first. <laughs> hello, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't come and steal from other people's culture and then get mad when people steal from your culture. Right. He he had to go get one of the biggest country singers of all time in order right. for him to be like, all right, bro, you can <laughs> right you can give your accolade for this. That's yeah, good. like why can't that's what I'm saying? Like, why can't he wear the cowboy hat and do why he's influenced by that? Like. Maybe he watched John Wayne movies or whatever. Like that's I mean, what it is, right? Like, he doing it no more. <laughs> he's no like, longer influenced. Now he's being influenced uh, by Nicki Minaj. So <laughs> you know, like I think we should be educating each other on on disrespectful things, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's you know, blackface is not acceptable. That's disrespectful. You know, when this woman broke down, why uh, Cardi B's portrayal of this Hindi uh, Hindu goddess, why that was disrespectful? Oh, y- y'all got that. Yeah, you know. I mean, the the right. the, the Reebok thing saying like, well, you can't wear shoes, and then it's a Reebok ad. Like, you got me right there. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So we now nah, we 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 with you. This is disrespectful. You know, um, but is it cultural pre- appropriation? If she would have gotten all of that right, would she would she be appropriating the culture, or was she influenced by it? You know, she was she got you know it made her feel creative. So is it is it only like appropriation if someone Profit. calls you out on it? No, if someone calls you out on it, because it's like I said, it's other things that happen that people don't speak of or. And then this, it's like, she's not the first person, I'm pretty sure in hip hop to try something uh, with Hindu. Yeah, but you know what? I always think about this too. How many rappers or singers put out albums in Spanish and they don't speak a lick of Spanish? Yep. <laughs> and I, I love Mariah Carey, but girl, you, I'm pretty sure you could not <laughs> carry a, a conversation with me. But there's so many artists that literally dub their, uh, you know, Drake with, you know, uh, the the uh, the Dominican guys, I forgot what song he put out, but uh, Romeo, whatever the guy's name is from Aventura, I think there was a song there. It's like, you can even go as far as doing that. Is that appropriating culture? You don't even, you can't even have a conversation with me and you're putting out a whole album in a language to benefit off of that, <laughs> that you don't even speak. So, but like as me, as me as a person, I'm not sitting there like, oh, that's cultural appropriation. You know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Drake is butchering the Spanish language. Okay. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You know, like, or like, oh, Mariah, you need to work on, you know, your roles with the R, you know. But like, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, this has been happening since the beginning of time where people are just influenced by different cultures. So it's like, as we start to really melt and be like interconnected, even in this pandemic, now, where you can reach people through the screen, hi, I can touch you through the screen. Like, do we really want want to keep doing this and separating our cultures, or just maybe use this opportunity to educate each other on what's offensive and what's not offensive, That's and it. just celebrate that someone else appreciates your culture enough to try to include it into what they're doing? But 
Some people might not even like that because they're like, don't make money off of other people in their culture. You know? All right. I don't think there's an answer for that. But I'm very satisfied with the conversation. Good combo. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's the 100th and 53rd episode of the Mina's House podcast. Anything you guys want to add? No, just thank you guys for watching and tuning in. Definitely. Yeah. That. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. Uh, one of the greatest holidays of all time for food and family. So I'm with it. We got to talk about Thanksgiving because, you know, you got to bring your own plates and um, salt and pepper and hot sauce and food and liquor. <laughs> it's Everything. bring your own Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that next week. Right? Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, you know, yeah, are not. you doing it? Like, what are you... What are you doing for Thanksgiving? So we'll have that conversation. Uh, I mean to say what? Thank you for watching. Garnett Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. Dexter Combative Stucky, a.k.a. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, boo. Okay? We welcome intelligent thinkers on this podcast. Exactly. All right? Bye, guys.